February 13, 2013. This is the Irish Game Dev Podcast. Lost count already. Uh, yeah, we're on episode two of um, Irish Game Dev Podcast. Um, I'm John Jeffrey, and today I've got Jamie McCormick from um, Game Developers I and um, G Potato. Want to say hello? Hey, yeah, how are things? Ah, good, good. How are you? Not too bad. There. So. Um, yeah, so that's like most people know you. Like on was it GD is like uh, was it Jamie MC? And yeah, that's it. Jesus, you do like a lot of stuff anyway. You've been like around for a good while, and then it was the last year you republished the uh, big. It was a Games Ireland report. Um, Games Industry in Ireland, twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's the one. But it was that last November. So, um, do you want to start talking about that? Or? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll give you a bit of a background to it, probably just explain, and then I kind of talk yeah. about what's happening since. And then, if anyone wants to actually read through, there's a short version on Game Developers that I, for those of you who don't really want to read the whole thing. And if people want to read a thesis that's 30 pages long, there's a, there's a link there, and I'm sure it'll be posted alongside the podcast too. So, um, like, kind of, I started off in the industry myself, kind of like the same way as a lot of your listeners would do. You know, I was in school and kind of thinking, yeah. what route am I going to go? It was going to be, I want to get into games, but you know, it was shite at programming, so that became fairly apparent fairly soon. But I was very good at writing, so I kind of started off a website, um, and then kind of turned that into Irish Player back in 2000. Uh, and was kind of writing reviews and that kind of stuff, um, and then working in Games World at the time before I got over by GameStop. And um, I was in DIT doing college and doing that kind of at the same time. And uh, in 2002, I kind of met Afra over at, I think it was the ECTS at the time over in London. Um, it was kind of the summer before Game Developers launched back in 2003, and you know she was getting people together, and I'd met her a few times before. Um, so I started off there just kind of giving some initial content, um, and obviously just on the forums, just kind of helping people out as much as we could and going to the shindigs and the piss-ups that yeah. sure everybody loves. <laughs> um, and it was at one of the piss-ups in Mahaffey's, which is now the Lombard, that uh, I met um, guys from Demonware at the time. And they were just launching their first product. And basically over pints, I said, look, I'm looking for a marketing uh, placement during college. If you can help me out, please do. Yeah. Now, nothing happened on the night. But then a couple of weeks later, they said, hang on, we could probably do it with a little bit of help. So I got six months in there and um, kind of ever since then, I've kind of been documenting the games industry and um, I've worked in a couple of companies since like around the first Xbox Center in Europe, which was on St. William Street, which yeah, was there for about a year and a half, yeah. which is the biggest lads pad on earth <laughs> and uh, it was great crack. Um, but uh, I moved on then kind of randomly into a taxi roof advertising company and then into uh, Jolt when it was OMAC and then from Jolt in December 2008, I was doing... I, I moved to my job in Jeep Tato. So kind of I've been working kind of on that side of kind of the, the fence away from the developers. Um, but I always say touch for oh, the guts of a decade now through game developers. And kind of as I've been going along, kind of I've been watching what's happening. You know, there was a fairly small group of us for quite a long time. 
And um, in the last couple of years, uh, you know, obviously AFRA put her report out back in 2009. Um, and the industry was the size it was back then, you know, 20 or so companies and uh, just over a thousand people working in it. And, um, you know, we could see it was growing and it was growing really on the side of, you know, like Blade were coming in and they were hiring a couple of hundreds and then Gala was coming in. And like, we do all the publishing stuff, but we don't do any development stuff that's done. Like we published international developers games in Europe from Dublin. So that's what we do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like I've worked in developers like in Jolt and like a few of the guys from there have kind of gone on. Um, and then I've just been watching kind of this whole evolution of, you know, there was a case when like, I think, you know, if we think of the 2000s, there was probably like less than a handful of games yeah. on two hands. So maybe like six, seven <laughs> games across the whole 10 years that came out of Ireland. And then all of a sudden, we started seeing um, you know, this kind of obviously the iOS came out and all of that and then just all of a sudden there was just this burst of activity on game developers that I mean, you know loads of people introduced themselves and saying we're working on this and this and this yeah. um, and it became fairly apparent to me that you know something had changed in the industry um, but obviously you know it's, it's really hard to get information on the industry like you, you try and find it like you've got Afro stuff there and uh, really that's about it um, so I kind of set myself a little goal, which was, look, I want to, you know, uh, this is an area that I want to do research in, you know, full stop. Yeah. You know, I like writing. I like the games industry in Ireland. Um, and really what it was about was just trying to looking at, you know, I'm talking to people kind of in like the enterprise Ireland and the IDA side, and they're looking at things from one point of view. And then I'm chatting to developers in the pub who are going to start up and they're looking from another point of view. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the lobby groups, obviously, with Games Ireland and the lads in there, they are looking at things from their point of view. And then you kind of have regular people who, uh, you know, they're not in the games industry, but they're interested in getting it or say they're re like, say, a parent researching it for their kid because yeah. the kid's saying, oh, I want to work in games. And they're like, you know, you can't get a job in games. And it's just like, no, there is jobs in games here in Ireland. So there's those kind of audiences that, that were there. And, and I've had conversations with people, can, you know, doing college talks and doing career guidance and the likes of games for um, you know, and they were basically all asking exactly the same question. You know, it's like, how many people are working here, like realistically? Yeah. Um, how many of them are in the actual proper development side as opposed to all of the, you know, international MMO companies and the kind of services that are there? Um, you know, and where is it? You know, and we could see all the different counties and all that kind of scattered around on the forums. Um, so I kind of, what I wanted to do was I, I'd written an article kind of just talking through the games industry in, in the year before in 2011. And, you know, kind of showcasing that there's, you know, a lot of potential here coming through um, and really kind of ended on that just, you know, with after I typed the article, it's like, look, you know, we need to get a lot more information out there. So I set myself in a little bit of a quest. And um, in March, I said, well, look, what I'll do is I'm going to get it. I'm going to try and get a count, um, you know, something simple, 10 question survey, just really just trying to find out who they are, where they are, what games they're making, yeah. what platforms they're making it on. Um, and then put that up, uh, put it up on game developers, got about 30 responses within, you know, probably three or four days. And then kind of the word started to spread from there. And then I hounded a load of other people many, many, many times to get information <laughs> out of them. And if they wouldn't give me the information then I, I have enough reliable sources in the industry that I could probably get a fair estimate, yeah. but I always, I picked like a safe estimate that I, that I knew. Um, was reliable and that I could kind of reference back to, um, you know, as opposed to just picking something out of the air. 
Um, and I started off and I kind of got so far and then I had the summer and then was away and then, you know, mental busy with work. So I kind of let it be for a while uh, and then kind of just did a second push then as well, just to try and track down the last couple of people. Um, and uh, you know, I, I got my A4 results and, you know, I've been looking at, you know, obviously it's one thing when you've actually got all the results, but then it's another thing to actually type it up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I kind of put that in the long finger and I was, I had my honeymoon um, back in September. And then when I got back from that, kind of got stuck in just to kind of get this report typed up. Um, and then kind of just when I was thinking on it, on it as well, it's just like, well, look, you know, I, I took, I cut the figures for kind of February. But like I'd seen maybe another eight or nine companies set up in the meantime. So what I did then was kind of a follow up survey to say, look, um, you know, if you're new or if something's changed, can you let us know? So, you know, some people contacted us and said, yeah, look, we've let go one or two staff or say we had we let go of two contractors, but we brought one of them on as full time. You know, so there's a little bit of change there. And then obviously, you know, I just put out my reports, the, you know, I'd done my, t- my article on the first one saying, you know, the games industry is this big. And then the next month you had Jolt go bang, you had PopCap go bang, and then yeah. the game go bang. So it wasn't really, it wouldn't be very true if I put out a figure later on in the year from earlier in the year and then didn't count, you know, didn't count the fact that, you know, there was a couple of hundred jobs that had gotten knocked off. Yeah, I didn't take them in the um, so kind of, I did kind of the maths just to work out the adjustments. So we kind of took off those figures from my original one. Yeah. Um, then, you know, I got another batch of companies who got in. Some of them were new, so I could add them in. Uh, some of them had changes and I could add them in. And then I got to the final figure then. Uh, and I know this is embarrassing, but I'll have to actually check the report. It's been a while <laughs> since that's true. Uh, 2812, I think it is, 2814. Anyway, this is embarrassing. So reading that, 2,800 or something. Um, and, you know, so I was, I, I had a bit of an interesting story then because it's like, okay, well, the industry's changed. A lot, of the, a lot of the international stuff, okay, fair enough, there might be some downsizing going on. And like Blizzard had let go a couple of, like, you know, 100 or 200 people or something like that um, at the same time. So, um, but what I was seeing was there's loads and loads and loads of developers you know, like when Afra did her record, report, you know, there's maybe a dozen developers and I was counting 50. Jesus. So, um, you know, and that's in three years. And, you know, subsequently, you know, people are asking why. And it's like, well, you know, all the Enterprise Ireland stuff got sorted out. So they kind of made it vague enough and said, look, games are grand. Now you can actually get funding. Yeah. You had the high competitive startups. And like, you had a load of gaming companies going for it. But because you had them, you also just had a load of people who said, you know, feck it. You know, we might as well set up a games company like, you know, don't really want to work in a bank these days, you know, and, you know, there's enough talented people out there. You know, there's a few pioneers who went out there and kind of went with it, yeah. you know, got their games out, got their games going, you know, the likes of Redwind, the likes of Open Emotion, um, you know, these guys here. And then they would have then inspired a lot more people who said, well, if they can do it, then yeah. we can do it. Um, and that's uh, that's really what's happening now. And, you know, I cut the figures at over 80 uh back in november but even since then now i'm probably aware i my numbers in the north weren't great um, and i'm hoping that some people who are reading listening to this from the north can send a hashtag irish game dev with their details um so we can see them as well yeah. um because i found another six or seven up there through a twitter list that uh, i've been sent on uh, and then there's another you know six or seven companies that are going there now so my counts if i look at it it's kind of nearly 100 at this stage and, you know, that's kind of a nice number to have. Um, 
because it shows that there's a critical mass there. Yeah. Now, it, it is all focused on Dublin, but because games are games, I mean, like, technically, if you have broadband, Wi-Fi, um, you know, a phone, you could be on Skellig Michael off the coast of Kerry and still, you know, sitting in one of the little huts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could make a game there. Yeah, you don't need too you know, much As long as you have what you need. So, I mean, the location doesn't really matter. But, like, you know, whether it's that just there's more people in Dublin or a lot of people from the country went to college in Dublin because there's more games courses there or people just said, you know, they've done a course somewhere else and then they came there to, to set up. So you've got a very vibrant scene now. Um, you know, you've got the likes of Andre and Backcat who's organising the game crafts. You know, we've got Phil Burton in uh, LIT in Thurdus. He's got the games flag coming up. Yeah. We've got the 10th anniversary now of game developers at AE this April. Um, I think that's when Afro wants to celebrate it. Uh, you know, and like you, like you have the likes of as well, like who the game came out there Uh from the Bitsmith lads. Yeah, just You know, you've got the announcement there that Jolts, or sorry, not Jolts, that um, Digit has, you know, not only are they hosting Backcat and Bitsmith, but they've just got two and a half million dollars funding now as well, which will kind of set them going in the right direction um, with their games. Yeah. You know, you've got the likes of Phantom who are making great products. You've got the likes of Conquer who are doing in-game analytics. Um, you know, there's, there's so many other smaller teams as well that are out there now. So it's it's just a really vibrant place. Like I'm still one of the only businessy people that's there, but, but you know, weed is a good product first. You know, yeah. like so, and there's a lot of good products that are kind of coming down the while. Um, on the not quite the best products, I think what people are doing is learning. You know, I think everyone's goal is someday to make the next Halo, yeah. on you know Xbox Four, Xbox Five, or whatever it's going to be by the time. But, um, you know, we get there. Yeah. Um, you know, people are, you know, they're getting their games out. They're learning, you know, um, you know, they're learning, you know, once they put a game out, they're learning how to get published. You know, then they start having to realize that, OK, well, now we're getting issues with customer support, yeah. you know, because people are stuck at a particular point. Or if they have the analytics in the game, they're kind of learning um, how they go. And like the development scene has changed so much from, you know, 10 years ago. Like now you need like, what, like a couple of Macs. Um, you know, a couple of licenses, uh, you know, enough talent and pizza and beer and whatever else you need to get you going <laughs> to get you something rough together. And then you can get it out on, you know, get it through there, get it approved, get it online, get people playing it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if, you know, and build from there, like you couldn't, beforehand you couldn't do that. Like you'd probably have to have a hundred grand just to get your software licenses and your dev kits before you've even started. Yeah. You know, and that's before you've got wages and everything else. Um, whereas now, because that's kind of down at about you know two grand, and if someone if someone's interested in this, they've spent this money a long time ago anyway. Um, you know, so all the kind of barriers uh, to entry into the market have really gone, um, and it's so easy now. Everything's over the air, straight to people's devices. You know, you're not going into shop to buy these games. You might go in to get a code to buy the game, um, but you're not actually going into the shop. And you really can because games have got ubiquitous now; like they are everywhere. Yeah. You know, every device lets you lets you play games on it. Um, you know, and when you're connected, whether through Wi-Fi or 3G or 4G, you know, it's it's just wherever you want it to be. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people who've grown up playing games and now they want to bring their kids into the games industry. And, you know, there's people who are saying, well, you know, I've got a few options here. I can emigrate or I can have a punt here and do this. Um, you know, so it's just a really, really, really vibrant place to be. Uh, and for people who are either working in it or on their way to working in it, like, you know, it's the best time in my over 10 years working in the industry for you to be in the games industry right now. Like, all the kind of stars are lining up. 
Um, and there's a lot of people who are going for it. And I think, you know, now that we have people inspiring each other and helping each other out, yeah. uh, things are going to go, you know, if that wasn't happening, things would happen a lot slower. But because it's happening, it's going to go a lot faster because of it. And people are happy to share as well. That's one thing I've noticed. Yeah, the community is very good at that, actually, I've noticed as well. It's just like ideas bounce around, even that like that any of the shindigs or stuff. Um, yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, we have this problem. Or like Unity meetups. Meet it's like, oh, I was trying this. And you like have people come over and actually come and help you, like actually where you're working. It's really cool. Yeah. No other industry has that, especially yeah. in this country. So that's kind of a unique part of the games industry. Like everyone's gamers and everyone does want to help each other out. Yeah. Um, you know, and it might be a case of like, say you have a game, you know, like say there's three teams one of them short an audio guy, one of them short a level designer, you know, they, they can barter between themselves as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just that we'll, look, we'll help you with your graphics, you help us with our sound? Deal. Fair enough. You know, <laughs> and because there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on, um, you know, whether it's publicly or privately, you know, that's, that's how people are learning all of these different challenges that are there. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So... Like, what do you see, like, happening, like, just even, like, the next, like, six months here? Because even, like, today I've, um, actually, probably just, like, ten minutes before we start recording, I was just on Facebook. And I was like, oh, there's another, like, um, studio started up. I can't even remember their name now. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like that. It's almost every other day I'm hearing, like, some other new group. And it's like, oh, actually, I know some of those people. And it's like, I didn't even know they were, like, into games and stuff. And yeah, well, but, that's it. They're going for it. Yeah. And I, I, what's going to happen is, okay, like, things are starting to accelerate. Yeah. So there's more people who are coming out. You've got a lot of people as well now who are coming towards the end of their college year. Yeah. You know, and they're coming out of college soon. And it's just like, well, look, we can try and get a job in one of the game developers, but reality is we'll just probably do something ourselves. And that you have incubations in a lot incubation spaces in a lot of the places around um, you know, wherever's doing games courses they're doing it. Like I know like you've got what Time Machine Games are down in there's Adam Smith games. One of the I think it's sorry, it's Adam Split. Adam Smith. Uh, who are down in Thurtis. Yeah sitting beside LIT, you know, and there's space there for another three or four companies to go in, I'm sure. And, um, you know, you've got incubators getting set up and I, you know, I've seen that the Games Ireland lads are looking for space in town yeah. to get somewhere. Um, you know, so I you know, don't know what their plans are, but, you know, that's, you know, they're doing stuff as well. You've got, um, you know, you've got the likes of Windmill Lane recording. They're running the Pulse course teaching a load of people, like bringing them in from Jawsbridge and all of that, yeah. teaching them the games. And like, they've kick-ass studios. Like, um, you know, and it's not just games that they do down there. And like, we have all of these facilities now. And, like, you know, as you said, people can just move around. So like, you can go to these places, say like you're short, oh, I don't have this software on my computer. Like, you have places that you can go to and just use the computers there. Yeah. Do what you need to do, and then go back. Um. You know, and there's a lot of kind of garage teams as well that I think are going to, you know, they've probably knocked something together nice now that they're happy with. Um, and it's just kind of about, you know, okay, well, let's kind of formalize this as a game studio. So on the kind of the new company growth, I think that's a lot of that's just going to continue. Um, you know, there's so much opportunity out there and it's a massive market. And like, you know, if we think of it, it's exports, you know, you're bringing money into the country you know, you've got beer money there for yourself and like, everyone wants to be able to get a decent wage out of this. Yeah. It might take them some time to get there, but it's better than the alternative of sitting on the dole doing nothing. <laughs> or, you know, just trying really hard desperately to try and find a job and it's just like you can't get it yeah. because there's so many other people who are doing it. You know, and it's creating something from scratch. Like, you know, the game, game creating games is an art. Um, 
you know, it pulls together a lot of different art forms and makes it something completely new. Um, you know, and like a good game, if the gameplay is good, it'll sell anywhere. Like... Um, so, and then, so that's that's on the new company setting up side. Um, but what you're also going to see is like, you know, all the companies that set up last year, yeah. they're going to start releasing games. So you're gonna, like, you know, Ku's kind of one of the, the vanguards and, you know, like PBRIC and, you know, the games that are out there, you know, there's been a couple last year, yeah. but now you're going to see dozens this year. And then probably next year you'll see like 20 or 30, you know, that'll be when it's kind of like there's an Irish game coming out every single month. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just people will learn. It'll be a big mangled mess of all these different types of games. Um, you know, and really the, the issue then is really just trying to get, our, firstly, the local market um, to know about the games. And then the second thing is get the international market to know about it. Because like, the biggest issue they're going to find is discovery. Like, it's just, unless you're in the top 10, you're not going to be found. Unless people know your name yeah. or searching for you. Um, yeah, that's what I was noticed, like, um, even, like, a state of play in DIT just um, a few months ago. It was like that. It was like, um, Bitsmit were doing their talk, and they're like, yeah, we were here last year just kind of, like, as um, was a, one of the, like, few people and just, like, showcasing, like, a small idea or something that was cool. And then they were, yeah. showing, like, showcasing almost, like, their launch trailer or something for it. And yeah. It was just really cool to see like how much they progress, and you, like you seen all the guys in the crowd. They were almost like Koo from or Bitsmith from like a year before. Um, yeah. Just like oh yeah, we saw this idea. It's like a small bit of a prototype, and then like Bitsmith haven't almost finished their game at the time, and it just it, it seems really cool that like that's how you can see like one generation after you're like lined up and it just keeps going. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, just to to take Koo as an example, like okay. I've seen the game played on iPad. I don't have an iPad. I'm waiting for the Android version to come out. I've seen all the videos yeah. and, you know, seen it at the likes of say the play as well. What they have done is like, they, uh, that was an epic project. Like they've hand drawn everything in that game. Yeah. No one in the world can copy that game. <laughs> you know, so that is, you know, for, you know, that's the thing. They'll have a legacy of that. Like the sales will probably take a while to come, but it's one of these things that it will grow over time. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they get a good review in the right country, then they'll get, you know, 1,000, 2,000 sales, you know, and then it's, you know, then it kind of goes from there as well. Um, you know, people are kind of making, like, that's a unique game. You know, there's a lot of people out there, you know, learn, cutting their teeth making games with kind of existing concepts. Um, you know, and it's really either you have a really strong kind of like unique IP like they have, or you just, you know, you found a nice gameplay mechanic that really, really, really works for whatever platform you're doing it on. It is re- I'm actually so, kind of the same with that. I was like, I'm waiting for Android for it. <laughs> um, just to actually get a proper, like, hand- full-on hand sign with it. I've, like, tried it out a few times. But... Yeah, well, they said it's coming out on PC too as well. So, you know, I think that's, like, it's the kind of game that it's really, really, really kind of retro. Yeah. Like, I grew up playing 90s games, and that's just, like, perfect. It's like a proper <laughs> roaming RPG. <laughs> just checking out everything and talking to everyone, finding out all the stuff. That's it, and you can take your time with it as well because you know you can pick it up and play it for an hour here and there. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's a very different game than kind of just the casual ones, you know, that you just kind of pick up because you've got ten minutes to kill. Yeah, it makes no difference that way. Um, actually, yeah. you were talking earlier was like um, just about different devices that um, people can publish on these days. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, I was looking up Rovio and like how many platforms yeah. they've done Angry Birds on, and I think. So you, like, do you want to ask which ones they're doing, or do you want to ask where the opportunities are? No, it's just like making the point that like um, the amount of platforms Angry Birds on, I think, is like 13, 14, 15 maybe different like 
platforms and that's all like just the same game and i just think that's like um really cool like opportunity for anyone like making a game it's like okay release it on one it's like then kind of reiterate a little bit like publish out for another platform just keep going so many opportunities for themselves um so where was it sorry just technical problems there um yeah i was just talking about the abundance of platforms and people like to go for it like beyond like the obvious ios and android where do you see yeah. like just for like the next year or two that like are going to explode like bigger oh okay um right i think the okay there's lots of different platforms so i can go through them i mean anyone who's trying to make kind of like a, a top end game for the console isn't going to make it like yeah. that's not going to happen that's you know maybe the generation after this uh but very unlikely for this yeah for like a disc retail game in terms of the, the likes of the PlayStation Network, though, and in terms in terms of like Xbox Live Arcade, um, you know, WiiWare is one as well, but obviously that's a lot harder. Uh, you know, there are areas that people can really kind of learn production values. Yeah. Um, because they won't take something that's finished. Um, so kind of like you do kind of have like there's a very high standard for putting out games for them. And obviously, Backhatter have done it. Uh, Motion have done it. So you know there is there is Irish companies who got there, um, you know. But that's I think there's going to be a smaller amount there for PC with Steam. Yeah. Um, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, I know you can get a lot of indie games that are out there as well. But if you want to set up like loads on Steam, um, you know. But if you, you know, you can start off in the indie section and do the green light and all that kind of stuff and get through there. So I think there's going to be some great opportunities there. Um, in terms of kind of web, so this is kind of browser, but kind of a cross-platform. Um, the technology is going to come on quite a lot. Uh, I'm running into an issue now, though, where you know, like if I'm playing a really flash-heavy game, it's my computer that's the problem, not the actual flash itself. Um, you know, and like there's some really, really, really heavy games that are out there, um, and a lot of people on the web don't have a gamer machine. Yeah. So if you're making a web game for a very gamery audience, thinking that everyone's like you, you're gonna have a very limited audience. Like you need to make it for low spec. Like a lot of people, they may have bought their laptop or a computer a couple of years ago, it may not have been created in a long time. Say younger players as well, they maybe have hand me down. Yeah. Laptops or computers, like their older brother got an upgrade and then said, "Here you go, you use mine. You've been using it anyway, and here's your own thing." Um, you know, so that's that's going to be. A huge audience there as well for lots of different types of games but you would then have a lot of the people who would have spent time on pcs beforehand to now have smartphones and tablets and you know, likes of the galaxy note which are in between um you know so it's 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 really about now kind of like it, it, you need to kind of treat each platform has, has has a different audience like you'll have the people kind of drop in here and there but like even as console like i have a playstation and an xbox and a wii and all these other things sit under my tv but i just don't have time to play them anymore yeah um you know and whereas when i was younger i may have bought like a game every month and blitz through it like now like I'm, I'm i have about six games sitting in there that i bought that are still in their wrapper and i just haven't had time to play it so i'm not like, i'm probably about two years behind the newer games that are coming out Unless it's something big, like I'll be grabbing StarCraft and a few others. Yeah. Um, so, but then you also have the likes of these Kickstarter um, platforms, like what Oya are trying to do. 
um, and to a certain extent, kind of steamered in with their you know, the the big screen stuff that they're doing, yeah. is uh, going to be really interesting because it's kind of things are going to come full circle. You know, Android went off as a touch based thing, but everyone wants to play games on a pad. So Oya came in so that people can play those games on a pad. And because it's basically, they're giving away the console for, you know, a very reasonable price. You know, it's not expected to be certain specs. And I know that developing for a lot of the mobile platforms is like, iOS is grand because you only have like three or four devices that you have to optimize for. Um, but with Android, like it's everything. You know, I've had a couple of Android phones by now and like the performance between them all is really, really, really different. But because the OEA is going to give them a set standard, so you have a standard processor to work with, you have a standard RAM to work with, like, people will max the hell out of what's there. And, I mean, have you been playing games since, like, Super Nintendo days? Yeah. Okay, so do you remember the way it started off with the likes of um, Mario World? Yeah, yeah. And then it ended with the likes of Killer Instinct? Yeah, it's just, like, huge fidelity, like, increase and everything. Yeah, with the exact yeah. same hardware. Yeah, like, that, that kind of thing. It's like the hardware stayed the same. Yeah. It's just that people, you know... As a, as a console cycle goes on, people take the learnings from one thing and bring it on to the next one. So any new console cycle that comes out, the games are going to be out at launch. People basically didn't have a final version to test it on. Yeah. You know, they're using dev kits. Then they'll make the game for that. Then they'll learn, but then it'll take them less time to get better quality the second time. So there's a bit of a Moore's Law going on there as well when it comes to games development because you'll, you'll always want to put out something a lot better than the last thing that you did. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, and it, usually the gameplay is usually the fine thing you know, because that's that's what makes a game. You know, gameplay makes a game fun. If you don't have decent gameplay, there's no point selling your product. And you know, if you can hand it around to ten different people, they'll turn back to you and say, "Get bored in two seconds." It's just like add something. You know, that's not good enough to put out there. Yeah. Um, you know, and you can see all the kind of arcade games and you know the likes of kind of Geometry Wars and all of these kind of games, Angry Birds and everything else that will work. But the market for the likes of the Oya is probably about ten times bigger than the market for the console. Because like if you look at where the growth markets are in the world right now, which are India, Brazil, Russia, Africa is going to be coming on fairly soon as well. Um, you know, Southeast Asia, all over the world, people are doing it now. They might not be able to spend like three, four hundred quid on you know the setup that you'd need for an Xbox yeah. or a PlayStation Three, which is a HD screen and you know whatever else. But like you know, if the Oya plugs into a monitor that they already have, That's you know, I'm just. Setup. Like that's it. Like they yeah. they've they've stopped being a PC gamer, the casual gamer, and now they've turned into a Moya user. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, and everybody listening to this podcast should be thinking like, you can't port it over straight away. You yeah. know, if you're making something like the likes of Q, like you have to rework the the control system so it works properly and plays well. Um. You know, because obviously the touch input is very different than the, the controller input. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's the main thing. Is that if you have a really good game now, you know, plan on, you know, if I was playing this on a Super Nintendo pad or a PlayStation pad or an Xbox pad or whatever else, how do I need to change, not change the game, but just change the controls? Yeah. To suit that. Um, you know, and there's going to be, a, there will be a window of opportunity for the first maybe six months to a year for a small team, doesn't matter how big they are, to make a cool game for that, and then that just goes mental. Everyone you know, and if you sell 1,000 units, that's like nearly half a million euro that's you're, you've brought in. 
Yeah. Like for a four-person team, like that sets them for like two years. <laughs> well, they make the next masterpiece after that. Yeah, but the reality for everybody else is, is when you put a game out, you might get a little burst at the start, but then you know it's about drip feeding the money coming in. Yeah. And once you have a game out, you have to just keep promoting it. Like you never like that that whole time when you could just put a game out there, it sells, and then everybody knows. It's long, long, long gone. Um, you know, it's you need to keep your game in the limelight. You know, and every say you get a review that might get a hundred sales, and then you get another review somewhere. You know, and then that might get stuck up. You know, uh, it might get retweeted around the place, and then you know, that that's kind of how the games industry like that's how you're getting your sales these days. You know, yeah. people rely on word of mouth, but there's just so much product on the market that's really, really, really hard to find what you're looking for. Yeah, that's like I know one of my friends. Um... Is a Jake that does Grey Alien games. He does was a holiday bonus and spring bonus. I think the first mm-hmm. version he released was probably like 2008, 2009. But he's done like yeah. a new version of that every year, like reconfigured a little something, made like a gold version with new, like um, new maps or whatever in it. And each yeah. year he keeps getting the sales bump and like huge thing for him each year. But it's like essentially the same game that he just like keeps promoting as well and just reconfiguring. Well, FIFA and Proev and everyone else has been doing it for years. So. Yeah. Um, you know, but some people like that though. That's what they, you know, they, they want to expect that. And it, the, the game development cycle has changed dramatically as well. Like beforehand, it was a case, you know, you got your prototype ready, and yeah. then you go to the publisher, and then you have to develop the game, and then you have to get it out, and then you have to market the game around the launch, and then if it didn't, it bought, and game over, literally, uh, in a lot of cases. You know, whereas now it's more about, like, you know, it's. Like, if you put out a game 10 years ago, you had about six weeks to make your sales. Yeah. Whereas now you have to eternity from the day that you launched it. You know, so it's it's more about like you probably make more money in the long run. But the yeah. thing is it's in the long run. And unless you're either very lucky, very cheeky, very smart, <laughs> or you just you know, effectively win the Euro millions, you know, it's not going to be, oh, we're gonna make a hundred grand on day one. But it might be we might make ten grand on day one and then we'll make like eight grand on day two and then it'll kind of tail off after a little while. Um you know, but then that's where it's really important that, you know, once you have a game out there, like, okay, the development stops, but it's not that your game isn't good. It's just that nobody knows about it. Yeah. And you need to go out and shout louder than everybody else. And for longer than anyone else as well. And for longer than anyone else. <laughs> so. Because people. Um, yeah. And like, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes even the old stuff works, you know, it's really just get people to hand it around you know, show it to people, you know, like, if you have a cool product like that, like, you know, what, what would someone who has a film do? Do you think they're just going to sit on it then and go, yeah, it's there? Yeah. They'll, you know, badger every radio station in town and say, here's a link, check this out, we want to talk about this game. And then a load of the journalists there will say, oh, hang on, that looks really cool. And, you know, they might get 10 or 15 phone interviews. Yeah. You know? And they give away a couple of copies as well you know, to the show, and then it's like, Grant, and then people hear about it, and then they tell their friends, and then they get it themselves, and then they say, hey, I heard about this cool game that was on the radio, um, that's Irish, and it's like three quid, go out and buy it. You know, that's one, like, getting on TV is obviously a lot harder, but, you know, if you have the right products and you just badger them and badger the right people, um, you know, you have an opportunity to get on there, and then if you get on TV, then you can put it on your website, and then everyone internationally can see it as well, and then they think, oh, well, it got on national TV, so it has to be good. Yeah. Um, 
and you know it, that kind of then can spread out to the Irish American community and then people from America find out about it um, and then it kind of gets translated into different languages and then people there in those countries find out like the funny thing with the report was it got translated into about 20 different Chinese sites which yeah. is very cool I wasn't expecting to see it there <laughs> I was expecting, you know, hoping that, like, you know, get it into France and Germany and English and, you know, the US. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting people literally to translate, um, you know, a lot of the, the pure that we put out into Chinese and then republish it there. And then it kind of spread like wildfire from there for a couple of days, which is very, very, very cool. Oh, that's really good. Cool, you know, yeah. Um, but the thing is that you have to do it. And, you know, the post-release thing that you really need to do is it's like, look, get on the phone ring every bloody website you can email every single person you know get this and you know lots of people kind of get lots and lots and lots of emails in but like just ring up you know like say if you want to you know whatever website that's there um you know either send them an email and say hey can i get your phone number just so we can give you a call and a lot of the smaller sites are just like yeah no we're more than happy to take news and stuff like that on the bigger ones it's more of a case of like ringing them up yeah um you know you've got like doing kind of the elevator pitch to them on the phone so it's like you ring up and it's like, you know, you get through the reception and it's like, look, can I speak to someone in the, um, in uh, try and go for someone in the news department. Yeah. Um, because if it's news, then it's good. Um, and you can just kind of make old news new sometimes by just putting <laughs> out similar PR, same as your friend's doing. Um, you know, and you, you know, get them on the phone and, you know, are you free? Do you have like five minutes to chat? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So what are you about? Like, we're, this is the name of our company. We've made this game on this platform. Um, do you have a computer open in front of you? Yeah, cool. Okay. Uh, can I show you a video of it? Because it'll probably be easier for me to let you just see the game. And then while you're looking at the game, then be talking to me. So like direct them to the YouTube channel or wherever that is. And to say, are you there now? Yeah, just hit play and give them a second. Just have a look at it and then say, okay. And then, you know, you, you'll probably hear from their reaction. Hmm, that looks cool. Yeah. Or, oh, that looks shit. <laughs> so, you know, once, once you kind of have that, um, then you can kind of go from there. And I said, like, you'll have their attention then. Um, and then you can just say to them, say, well, look, what we're, what we're doing is, like, we've just made this game. We've, we've put it out there. It's only out a couple of weeks, but um, no one really knows about it. Uh, can we send you a copy or two uh, to give away? Or sorry, to, to review the game with? And then we'll give you a couple of copies of it. We'll give you some codes for the iTunes store or wherever you're selling it. Um, so that they can... Uh, give them away to the readers you know and that's that's basically what pr is in the games industry you know you give them the game you get them interested in it and if they like it they'll give you a good write-up yeah and then someone else will see that game uh you know journalists read each other's site and then they'll see that game being reviewed and then they'll go not a second here i haven't heard about that game and then they'll get in touch with you um and say hey we're coming from this website and uh we'd like we saw this game can we get a copy of it to review you know so you need to kind of do the first thing to get the second ones you know to get the other ones come back um you know and it's not just about thinking oh there's only 10 sites that are out there like you know this is an international industry so find out what game is in all the different languages that are there yeah. So, you know, video games, computer games, PC games, MMO games, browser games, like each of those words has hundreds of sites um, in English. But then if you have a look at, like, say, France, they don't search for game. They search for je, J-E-U-X, you know, and then you've got, you know, maybe loads of sites there. 
Yeah. And then you go into Germany and it's Spiel. And um, in Nordic, it's Spiel. And, you know, Italian, it's, I think, Giocio. And in Turkish, I can't remember the Turkish because it's got some of the weird symbols that are there. Um, you know, and but the thing is, it's like, even though these sites are in those languages, yeah. um, either they'll be able to Google translate your email or most of the people speak fairly good English anyway. Yeah. And what you can do then is you can say, well, look, you know, you do, you do yourself up a go like, right, I'm working on this today. I'm going to spend the next three days finding every single English bloody video game, computer game, online game, all these different sites that are there build up a database into your press list and email them all and ring all the ones that they can find phone numbers for. So that's day three to four. Now, most people stop there. That's this, that's, that's phase one. And it's like, think of like a hundred meters hurdles. Okay. Then the second thing that you need to do is like, look, where else are the gamers? So Germany, Japan, China, uh, you know, Spanish sites, Portuguese sites, which you'll get Brazil. You know, yeah. Polish sites, Swedish sites. You know, look at the map of Europe on Google Maps and just say, let, let's literally cross off every country. You know, so we'll go to Norway and we'll find all the Norwegian sites. We'll go to Finland, we'll find all the Finnish sites. We'll go to Denmark and find all them. Literally just work your way through each day sending this out. And then by the end of that, you know, even if only like one in 10 of the people that you send something into or speak to actually do the coverage you'll have maybe 100 or 200 reviews across the internet. And then if you think of, say, like there's a couple of hundred people reading every review and then there's a few where you have like big ones where there's like 10,000 or 100,000 reading it. Yeah. You know, and when a game comes out as well, like further down the line, you know, so we're thinking, say, like three months in and, and, you know, the game isn't exactly new anymore, but it's kind of building up a little bit of a cult following. Thinking from that point of view. But then the new people who are finding out about the game from their friends who say beaten the game and is showing them it, yeah. uh, when they go searching Google for that game now, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you type in like to the game review and you've got like 50 different reviews out of there. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it is hard work. It's graft. And I, I know people are saying, oh, how, we can't do this. And it's like if you can pick up a telephone and be polite and nice and courteous and a bit of a chancer to the person on the other end and give them a good story, give them a free copy of your game and give them something to give away to their readers. You know, uh, that's it. And that's what most people aren't doing. So if you're the person who goes the extra 10 miles, you know, as we said, say like, say 80% of people just won't do any PR. They just put a game out there and then expect it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay. Now, of the other 20%, maybe half, say 60% of them will kind of say, look, we'll hit all the sites that we want to be seen on ourselves that we know. Yeah. And then they'll stop there. But the people who really, really, really go further in the long run are the guys who say, no, look, we want this game to be in every single, co- played by people in every single country in the world. So you can, I'm sure you can find an Iraqi game site. You can find an Egyptian game site. You can find... You know, all these different game sites for all these different countries, you know, and it's just just think of it this way. Like, you know, you're only going to get a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand sales from the, uh, you know, from Ireland. Yeah. Just the the way Ireland is, is unless people, you know, literally say this from word of mouth, 
and show people how to put this on the game they want because that's just Ireland. Yeah. We're more interested in console games. But like you, you know, if you think of like right, you get like five thousand sales from Germany and four thousand sales from France, and then twenty thousand sales from the US, and then eight thousand sales from Brazil, and then like fifteen thousand sales from China, and then ten thousand sales for this. Like that's what adds up, and it's like. You know, for people who have products released, that that's the core thing that needs to be done. It's just no one else is going to do this for you. If you have a publisher, that's what they do. Otherwise, you're going to have to do it yourself. And it isn't as hard as you think it's going to be. It just takes time and effort and sweat and annoyance and ringing people and being hung up and, you know, sending emails and things like that. But for people who invest a couple of weeks doing this after the game gets released, in the long run, they'll do better. Just purely by virtue of the fact that more people know about the game. Yeah, cool. And you say like um, when you're building up like a database of like different people you've called and like to kind of re- would you take notes of reactions you got from them so like next time your next game, like you go to them more first and then try and find more ones. After. No, you'd you'd ask them at, like at the end of the call you'd ask them and say, look, do you mind if we stick you on our press mailing list? Yeah. And what they will say generally is, um, I think rarely what they'll say is no. What they'll either say is, yeah, here's my email address. Or if they say, no, I don't want to do that, what you need to do is, is there a general email that I can send this into? And what you'll see then is, like, say, like, there's a news at whatever.com. Yeah. Um, there may be five or six people receiving that email. So instead of you sending it into one person in that publisher, you're actually sending it to 10. Oh, okay. And you have a better chance to get picked up. Ah, cool. And um, as well with that, as I say, like, it's probably good practice not to bug people as well. It's like, hey, hey, so I told you about this game like two weeks ago. Uh, you still want to kind of review or, or it's just get, does that get to a, like a level of annoyance that like, you don't want to tread on? Uh, okay, you don't want to stalk them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll get you put on blacklist. No, yeah. don't do that. Um, no, like a polite follow-up call maybe. You'll know from the first phone call. Like, there's nothing wrong with what you're saying. Look, you know, you, you build up a rapport over time with, with people. Um, you know, so the first thing is being polite. You know, if they ask you for something, it's exactly what they ask for them in a timely manner, because then that shows you that you're responsive. If they email you, respond to them quickly, you know, or if, you know, give them a phone call, they send you an email, give them a call back. You know, it, it, it's very impersonal seeing all these random emails come in. But like, you know, especially being an Irish person working in the industry, there's so few people, there's so few Irish people working internationally in the industry that, you know, a lot of people don't even need to see. They just see plus three five three, yeah. and then they know it's you, or they hear your voice and they know it's you. You know, and it's it, when it comes to PR, like a lot of it is, it's not just through a computer. Like you need to build up a relationship with these people over time. You know, at Gamescom, you know, if you build, you know, go there and meet these people. You know, go to the events, networking. You know, it's that's that's why game developers really work so well because that's kind of like. That's it in action. If you kind of apply that kind of approach, but just do it to that kind of attitude and just do it towards, you know, promoting your own business and your own products, um, you know, it can help you go a long way. And you make friends over time as well. Yeah. You know, and you, you'll, you'll know that there's these sites who might publish the odd thing, but then you kind of get the people who say, no, look, we think your game's really cool. Um, and then they'll follow you and they'll really, really, really help you yeah. in the long run. Um, you know. What you just mentioned there was a Gamescom stuff. Um, is to me like that was like a, you'd almost see that as um, more like traditional games, like AAA console games and stuff, like kind of promoting that way. 
Um, is there places for that, like indie games, like iOS and like um, casual games stuff for, like at those events, or or would you want to go uh, to more like indie specific type of events? Well, what I would tell you from my experiences is even that in an official capacity, there might not be stands yeah. for all of these games. There's loads of people running around with them because yeah. they know that the publishers are there. You know? Um, and, you know, a lot of companies that were kind of console beforehand are now kind of dabbling in or they set up a company to go into mobile as well. You know? Oh. And, um, you know, so, like, there is still opportunities for you literally just to go up, meet someone in the pub or meet someone in one of the, the, the meeting areas, you know, you see someone's name badge and you see, you know, whatever publisher name on it, just literally go up and say, hi, do you have a minute? Oh, I'm waiting for a meeting. Well, can I take you until that person arrives? Yeah. You mind? Yeah, sure. Here's my game. Um, you know, have a look, <laughs> you know, here's my card. Um, I'm the Irish guy. That's how you'll remember me. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then leave them be. Um, but again, it's, you know, it, the games industry is all about networking. Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't network, if you're only kind of, if, if the only people you're talking to are only the team, then that's something that you need to change. Because like, you, you've spoken to your team, you know each other, you know your products, and then everybody just needs to go outbound. So stop looking inwards and really just go out and just broadcast on all channels. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and but also- it's, it's, it's time and effort. There's yeah. no major cost for your phone bill to doing this. It's just time and effort. I no, I, I can't, like, I can't stress enough. Just do it. <laughs> if you want your game to be successful, get on the phone, get on email. It's yeah. not going to happen magically. Yeah, that's the thing. Is kind of just like an Irish way is just being a bit of a chance or doing anything like that. So, uh, hopefully, like a lot of people will take that, like take their, um, like good feeling, just going for it. Well, if you have that and you're backed up with a good-looking product, yeah, a fun product or an intuitive product or something that you know can go there. Like if you go try and sell something crap, they'll just look at that and laugh. I do see it. If you if you have something that is good, yeah, the Irish term does go a long way. Oh, that's cool. Don't do diddly eye and like Irish dance or river dance, no. whatever. <laughs> that's almost different. <laughs> no, you, you'll you'll have to battle those jokes away and those stereotypes. Yeah. So, um, you know, but just just live up to the main one, which is drinking. Yeah. <laughs> drinking at tables. Okay, cool. Review the game. Um, that's this. That's very. That was very interesting, actually. Um, some stuff I didn't learn. I was like, especially that, I didn't think I'd actually get some um, language lessons there. I never knew like all the, what the different um, words in different languages was for a game. Was like, okay. Ooh. Well, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Google.com slash translate. Yeah. Language English video game. Yeah. <laughs> and then literally translate the different languages. And then go to Google dot whatever that subdomain is. Yeah. Search that in. Type in a game that you know, like Halo, and it'll get flagged up. Oh. And then literally just go through them. You know, and you you'll find out fairly quick, like, you know, all generally game sites have the same sort of idea. Like the contact is either up the top or down the bottom. And even if the thing is in a different language, like if they're using WordPress or something like that, you'll see from the link, yeah. it's like contact. <laughs> so it's easy to know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so. Oh, excuse me. What was it I was talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, was it talking about um, was it GDDIE? Because that's been going for, what, 10 years now this year, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 
Um, and how long have you been involved in since? Like since Eleven. the very start. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there from the start, getting yeah. it going. Uh, no. Well, no, Afra's right there from the start. I was one of the earlier volunteers for it. Um, no, she, kind of how that came about for her was Afra had been doing her research on to, she's a sociologist and she'd been doing it on games industry. And then she, she basically realized that she met a lot of people and they didn't know each other. Yeah. Um, so then she set up Game Developer. One of, one of kind of the findings of her report uh, which is loading, please wait, Ireland and the games industry, something like that, um, was to set up a website to plug this gap. Yeah. And she had got a, uh, there was some uh, of the people in her college, she was in DC at the time, um, who did the site up, and then they launched it at the Guinness Storehouse in March or April 2003. Um, but through Irish Player, which was the site I ran at the time, uh, I got to know her and then I'd met her, as I said, like, uh, over in London. And um, so kind of ahead of the site launching formally, I was kind of starting to write various different articles of, with a view to having them published on it. Um, then it was about basically just going along to piss-ups yeah. uh, and meeting people. And, you know, I got my, my job in the games industry through a shindig and game developers lady. And that's kind of set me on the path that I'm on now. Um, you know, so I'm eternally grateful to that. Uh, I've made some fantastic friends through the community as well, whether they're in Ireland or if they have legs and won't come back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, it's just, it's a great thing to be a part of. No one owns the community. You know, like you have Games Ireland, which is like a formal established lobby group who are doing what they're doing. They're an association for the games industry and they're, they're doing all of their stuff that's there. Um, but it's really just like, it's a really kind of casual network that's there. Um, and it's just been growing and growing and growing. Like, for the first couple of years, it was kind of like the same, the same heads. Yeah. Turning up, you know, and then you'd have the hardcore people who come along to every event. And then you'd have people who come maybe every second or third event. And then you'd have the occasional people that were there. And that kind of stayed about the same size um, for about six years. Um, but then, you know, there'll be more people coming on and then all the college courses are coming on. So then we got lectures and then we got more students coming through as well. But then just things started to take off then, you know, 2009, 2010. Um, and it's kind of accelerating now that you just have, you know, it's a huge resource of random information, ranting, uh, really, really, really good kind of portfolio stuff. Um, message board for people who are looking to get different peoples on their team for people to stick something up about um, and you know, the, the redevelopment that looks like it's shaping up will really make that a lot more easy to find um, you know and I, I know I'm you know happy to sort through a lot of stuff on that and really kind of just try and help make it a lot easier for people who uh, don't know where to find the stuff to yeah. find the stuff so, um, you know, I've had, you know, I've had some great opportunities, like just thinking about some of the articles I did, like there was one like back when Aircom launched DSL uh, broadbands back in the day, about 2004, 2003, um, you know, and looking at all the opportunities that the future internet had, and this is all, nothing like happened um, <laughs> in retrospect. Uh, because just like technology, the technology kind of bedded in, but then it took a while for people to actually get the hang of it. Yeah. And then by kind of 2010, everyone knew how to use the internet and it stopped crashing. So they'd 
figured out all those things and then it kind of just got better and better and better um you know i've done a load of interviews with some very interesting people like i got dave perry who uh did one for us um after they launched enter the matrix yeah so i got i got through to him and said hey i know you're from belfast will you do this and he said yeah sure um so that was interesting you know going in to meet the likes of nyla hanrahan and uh you know talk to him about how they made playstation the number one console brand in ireland um you know, I've done a kind of other few bits and pieces kind of along the way. Um, I've been reading a book, uh, which is The Ultimate History of Video Games, yeah. which is a big hick book that's there as well. And when I was reading through that, there was just, like, it's somewhere buried in the book just I came across. And it was kind of late 70s that they were they were talking about it. And they said, and then this person went off to Ireland to set up Atari. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Atari is in Ireland. Now, obviously, for people who are from, you know, who are a bit older, yeah. they'd know this. But I found out then that, well, hang on, all the arcade machines were made in Tipperary and then shipped out through Waterford. And then they assembled all of the 2600s for Europe in Limerick. I was like, I did not know this. So uh, I tracked down uh, one of the guys that worked in there and then he gave me a lot of information on how things went along and kind of where it went through. Yeah. Um you know, so that kind of showed that it was there. Like, I know through my time, I've also met some of the guys. Like, there was a Moon Walker game, uh, I think, on like one of the eight bit consoles that was made in Ireland's early nineties. I know when I was in Demonware, I met some of the guys um, who had worked on it. Um, you know, and then obviously, like I know, like the likes of Funcom, they had put out uh, a racing game then when they had their team in Sandyford. Um. So like, cause there wasn't really much to write about, but nowadays it's very, it's a very different kettle of fish. Like you just have like there's hundreds of developers, you've got dozens of teams that are out there, um, you know, and they're, they're everyone's egging each other on, you know, whether they're doing it through the forums, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's meeting people up, you know, at various different events. And um, the, the game developers like the fact that it just enables that, yeah. um, you know, that's the point. Like it was set up to get people talking. Um, and it did but we bitched and moaned and complained and then eventually a lot of the bitching and moaning and complaining got fixed so you know like one of the issues was oh no we can't get anything to, you know we can't get funding because this is not EI supported yeah. and then they sorted that out just by making it fake um, and then in games specifically in a word and then that kind of fixed the problem there um, you know the college courses you know they're all set up now they're all learning from each other as well you've got a really kind of big uh group of people who are coming through with game development skills as well yeah you know they'll kind of fill the gaps in and like that's one thing when i look back at the report i didn't really count any of them you know and i'm saying well there's this many people who are coming through sorry who are already working in it but i didn't really look at how many people are coming through the pipeline so i think for the one that i'm doing later on this year i'm probably going to see I'll have a chat with the colleges and see what information they'll give me, but I do want to get an idea of, well, you know, we've 700 developers in Ireland, yeah. but then we have another, like, you know, 80 programmers, 40 level designers, you know, 10 audio people, uh, you know, with various different skills that are there coming through. Um, because that's important for people to know, because if you're trying to hire, um, you need to know what's coming down the line. Yeah. You know, and if you're if you have like three or four people in your team, and then you want to make you know a second game, and you need to know right, well, it's you know knowing who's coming through college, um, 
is really important as well because you can start planning based on like okay well we'll give you a job doing this you're finished when okay july right well we'll just work for you but work towards having you join the team in july and then they can progress and kind of plan along and then you come in you get started doing what you're doing and uh so you know and that's it like once we get over a thousand developers in ireland like that's going to be a really 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 good day for the irish games industry yeah do you see like um like any of the studios and stuff growing that like like they will be doing like the bigger console and bigger pc budget games or uh four or five games time yes definitely yeah straight away no and they should do it straight away like there was no there was no chance to learn when it was just console yeah but now you can learn on whatever platform you want. So you see a good future then, anyway. Yeah, uh, you just keep going for it, you know. And you get your first game out, you get your second game out, you get your third game out, you get your fourth game out, and like any skill, like it'll get better with repetition. Yeah. It'll get faster as you do it, and the quality will get better. And I mean, anyone who's doing is in this industry, like you never stop learning. You're always looking. Like a good person in this games industry never stops learning. You know, they never are happy to sit in their laurels. They always want to push themselves that bit more. You know, whether it's we're going to make this really cool game mechanic, we're going to invent a new game mechanic. You know, we're going to do graphics, you know, in a completely different way than everybody else is doing. Um, You know, we'll do a really intuitive little touch game or something like that. So, um, but the, the mobile when it comes to android and the likes what you just do need to realize is is that the it is going to be full circle like they've kind of cut the system and learned the system on 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 mobile so like an android phone or a tablet but it'll very 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 soon be under a tv being played by you know a, a control pad um and that will bridge the gap i think for a lot of people between you know, you'll, you'll probably find some people who'll, you know, say they get a game that's really popular on that, then it's 10 times easier to get that published on Xbox Live Arcade because it's done so well on Oya. It's already showcased, like... It's already showcased and then they want to do it. Yeah. I mean, think of what Minecraft did. You know, what Minecraft's going to be on all the platforms that it wants to be, yeah. but it started off on PC. You know, Angry Birds started off on, on iPhone, but now it's on everything. <laughs> absolutely it is you know and popcap did the same approach like they get the game and then bejeweled was on every single possible thing that could play bejeweled yeah so they're kind of like the launch pads that are there now you know we don't have a kickstarter in ireland there is funded but i'm not sure how the irish funded community would be feeling about putting up like realistically a quarter of a million or half a million euros to get a games company that's unproven up and running um, and because you have to have a company that's set up already, obviously that kind of rules out a lot of the ones that are there. But, you know, I think kind of what people need to do is it's like slow and steady growth, which is get the game made, learn, get your second game out, learn again, you know, tweak the first game as you go, then get the step third game out, keep tweaking the other ones then as well, um, and also promote your products between each other, and, uh, you know, just plug away. But there's this this huge opportunities that are there, like there's billions of people who are gamers now yeah. across all the different platforms. You know. And um, you know, do your homework, get a game, get it out there, 
rants more than anybody else to get the journalists to cover your game. Um, you know, and then if you do start getting decent sales, reinvest a little bit back into marketing as well to kind of stimulate that as well. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, if you're setting up a game developer, no matter whether you want it or not, you're setting up a business and uh, a business needs to be profitable to keep on and pay the bills and pay you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it might not be the best wage on earth. You know, it might, it's not necessarily going to be a hundred a year, but if you're on 30, 30 something grand a year or 20, 20 something grand a year, um, you know, that's enough to get you going. And then if you get your second game out, then maybe you can go from that up to like, you know, up by 20, 30%. You know, and as long as people really think, like we, once we start making a game, you know, we'll keep pushing this, we'll keep, um, you know, we won't just blow the money that we're making. You know, we store it for the company for wages in the future. Um, and everyone ships in and really everybody helps. Like it's a team effort. Yeah. And if the team that fights more will always win. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know, it's just kind of like, I don't know if you listen to Fandom, do you? Um, Phantom the radio. Yeah, yeah radio station 105.2. Yeah. Um, I just hear every morning, um, what's it, Joan Keith or whatever, but the one manager they keep saying is like, head down, keep pedaling. But I think that kind of like, <laughs> that's what you should be doing with like marketing and that. Just just keep going for it. Just do it. Yeah. And then it's, it's just purely, just don't think that this is just magically going to happen. It's going to keep you under absolutely no illusions. If you do not promote your game yourself, no one will find out about it. If no one has found out about your game, you cannot make any sales bar luck yeah. from people who are just randomly finding it along the way. Um, but put the time and effort in, and, you know, unless someone has Tourette's, pretty much they should be on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. Um, is anything else you want to talk about? Or? I'm, just, I'm just trying to make sure my notes uh, are... No, it's just musing about what's going to happen in the future. I mean, like maybe if you want to, uh, I know obviously uh, I'm involved in game developers at IE, but maybe if you want to talk about your site then as well. Yeah. So I'll ask you some questions. So why did you set things up? Why or when? Well, both. Why and when? Um, Jesus, I don't know. I just kind of set it up as just like I've always been doing podcasts and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've done numerous ones. I've done like under like N Life Studios. I've done it in Aberplay when I was in Aberdeen and Dundee. Then I done mm-hmm. one in Vancouver under Creative Van. And then I started yeah. trying to do another one here, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do like tech and all this. Ah. But I always keep coming back to games. So I was yeah. like, fuck it, we're doing games. And then just like from chatting, everyone was like, yeah, go, cool, we're doing that. And yeah, just like chatting to yourself. And then we've had like Andrea stuff on, and Jeremy mm-hmm. as well from um, was it Microsoft. It's just like really good conversations, learning loads. Just try to share it with everyone. Yeah. Because it's just like kind of like, yeah, it's like community spirit, like from GDDI and stuff. It's like, yeah, just like get the conversation going, get people chatting. It's like brilliant that way, I think. There's a lot of very real life stories out there as well. Yeah. There's some funny stories. There's some ridiculous <laughs> stories. There's a few sad stories, but there's a lot of crazy stories as well. And like, you know, there's enough podcasts that are out there that just are talking about, oh, this is the latest game that comes out. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's telling these stories that's the important thing. You know, if there's any Irish media listening, very few of you really give a shit about the Irish games industry. <laughs> it's probably one of the best economic stories or technology stories or business stories that you can hope to have, but you still don't care. So this is why. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, really, that's kind of, this is kind of what we need. And the more we kind of let people see, the more we let people hear, 
the more we let people show um, and tell. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really how we're we're going to help. And uh, you know, I suppose one of the fundamental things about game developers is it's like look, it's open to everybody. Um, you know, and if you don't ask, you'll never get a response. So, uh, you know, and don't be afraid to come and meet the people. Like it's, you know, they're all normal enough people. Okay? <laughs> there are a few alternative people, but normal enough alternative people to get me. Um, yeah, but like that's that's the industry that you're working in. Like you know, it's it's not like you're down in the IFSC, you know, being surrounded by a lot of suits are gone in there. Like, yeah. We run away from those people. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I think that was probably my first, like, um, GD, like, Shindig was, um, it would have been, like, no, 2006, thereabouts, and it was, yeah. some, it was some pub up near um, the Digital Hub, like, around there on Thomas Street. I, can't, I think the pub's closed down now, for sure. Um, yeah. But I remember that, I was, like, I was, I was going in. Um, yeah, I was, like, I was fucking terrified, because I was just a student, I was, like, oh, my God, these are all these big game developer people. But no, like, the crowd then, like, even, like, um, Jesus, I'm not even sure what your man's name is. Skyclad, I remember him because I was chatting to him that night. Just that's his name. Yeah, the form can't remember Dave. his real name. Dave, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, D- Dave. Dave has made sure that game developers that he doesn't break for the last ten years. Yeah. So a big thank you, to Skyclad. Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant job. But I just remember, like, just chatting to him. It's like that. Like once after that, it was like, yeah, this is like really cool. Like they're really welcoming and all that. And it's like the same crowd even like now and um, today. Like a lot of the same people still around. So I think that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And then all the new focus. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's it's word of mouth is how things are spreading as well. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, it's it's as I said, like you've got Andrea running Dublin Gamecraft and Belfast Gamecraft and every other Gamecraft that's coming up now, which is yeah. really, really, really good because that's giving people a really like if people are stuck with specific things, they can go to Gamecraft and then they find someone who's done it and can get really practical help. Yeah. And, um, you know, the pistols were fine, you know, in terms of socializing and networking and meeting a few people, but they're really hands on events. So, you know, I am stuck. I need to learn how to do this and then you can watch someone do it or at least find a contact there who you've explained the problem to and has probably volunteered yet. Yeah, I'll give you a hand next week. Um, you know, and for a lot of games, teams that are there as well, say they have like three quarters of the team yeah. and say like someone dropped out or they just they just proceeded anyway without somebody else using whatever kind of crap artwork or whatever it was that they could mock up just to, to get something in there. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I really hope that they just grow and go from strength to strength. Oh, yeah, that's like, um, yeah, I was at the, like, two of them last year, and it's like that, even like, the first one is kind of like, I was only just back in Ireland as well, getting to know everyone again. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just like networking, chatting to everyone, and like, that, you had a few meetings, like shindigs or whatever during the year, and then, the November one was just brilliant. It's like going around, like do a bit of work or whatever, like on your game, and then go around chatting to people, see what they're doing. They're like, and then you're like saying, "Oh man, I'm still trying to figure this problem." And then they kind of just give ideas back, and I love that vibe just out of the game. Like um, GameCrafts is like, it's just like everyone's there, everyone's working, everyone's helping, and everyone's your friend. Um, except for when the prizes are given, you like feckers win. Um, besides <laughs> that, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So. But that's that's how lucky we are, you know. If if any other sector in the the country kind of took that approach to things and actually just worked together instead of trying to fight, yeah. um, it would be. But you know, the games industry is, you know, it showcases whatever technology is there at the time, you know, and really how how good games are as a reflection of the technology that goes behind them. You know, the processors and processors got better, and then the screens were crap, 
because then they went HD and now they're going 4K and whatever else it is. And then you had like no internet and then you had network internet and then you 28.8 internet and then you got like a fast trip to broadband and now you've got fiber broadband. You know, and each of those different things enables different types of games. Um, so, and it's just, you know, how you'll exploit that is really just getting a load of random people together, sit them down, you know, throw a load of ideas at a whiteboard and at the wall and, you know, flesh things out, just hammer it out between you and then just go for it. Um, you know, and it's, you're going to have a lot of people who encourage you along the way. And you have, you know, there is people who'll, you know, constructive criticism. Yeah. There's not too many trolls within the games industry who always go on a big rant. <laughs> um, I think we're a bit more polite than that. Uh, you know, but like you'll get your criticism there, but like I think it'd be very rare for somebody in the industry and someone in, you know, through the, the community to give you really, really, really harsh criticism without giving you a really, really, really good piece of advice to go alongside that criticism. You know, because they're telling you this is shit. But if you do this, this, and this, that'll make it better. Come back to me then. Oh, okay. You know, and and that's again how you learn because like if you're only kind of you know, it's it's through meeting people and through exchanging ideas and looking how different people do different things. That's how ideas come around. Yeah. Um. Just yeah, because as we were saying earlier, it's like you're always learning and it's always collaborative and you're always iterating. So it's great that way. Mm-hmm. Um. This. Okay, that's cool. Um, and the next one to talk about now, or uh, just in relation to yeah, just in relation to the survey, I am going to be yeah. doing a uh, 2013 survey. Yeah. Um, I want to take the two uh, points again for February and for uh, October, but I'm going to this year do it a little bit differently. So what I'm asking people to do is, if you can send me a message through JamieMC on GameDevelopers.ie or on LinkedIn, or tweet me, or whatever way you want to, Dublin Jammers on uh, on Twitter. Uh, just basically send me your details. Um, I'm trying to build up a list. Like I found another maybe dozen companies since the last one, so I think I'm maybe going to publish a, a list of companies just so that everyone can see who's there yeah. um, in the country. Um, and then it's really just getting the word out about that. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to do for the next while, is just get it. And then later on in the year, I'll blast it and get the figures and then be able to put it together and do a 2013 report and hopefully show that there is, uh, well, there might be consolidation in some of the international companies or there might be consolidation in like the likes of the retailers. And, you know, some companies are, you know, because they've got better things, they need less people to do the same work. Yeah. Um, but what I'm really hoping to show is, is that a lot of the games companies that were pre-release last year, now are post-release, but then but there's a huge amount of new games companies. Um, and it, what I'm trying to identify is that like, you can be in, in college, and you don't have to have like Games Company Limited to do this. You know, If you're a team that you're planning on making this into a game and you finish, uh, or if you're kind of bedroom doing this part-time and then you're maybe thinking of switching full-time, like, we want everybody that's there. Um, and I'll find you one way or the other. <laughs> So, um, you know, basically, you know, the more information we can put out there and everyone can see, hopefully it will be a little bit better. And I'm also taking kind of suggestions then as well. Like if people are stuck at, you know, I need to know how many designers there are. I need to know how many, you know, are there these kind of skills here? Um, you know, if there's particular challenges people want me to see if I can address in the report. Like at this stage, I'm open to anything. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm going to continue what I did the last time, but I can expand it a lot more as well. Um, and if there is anyone from college courses scattered around the country uh, listening to this as well, like I'm very keen to find out firstly how many people from colleges are working full-time training people who are going to go into games because I never had any figures for them. And I know that there's you know probably about 30 or 40 around the country who are doing that as well. Um, but secondly, like I'm really trying to find out how many people are coming through college courses and then out of those college courses, how many of them realistically expect to either set up a games company or go into a games job. Because some people do a games course and then go into something else. Yeah. But I'm trying to, to see how to kind of project forward that we can say, okay, well, there'll be this many people, you know, in 2013, 2014, 2015. Because um, I think that'll, that'll fill in a lot of the gaps as well. Um, and if I can see then in future years, okay, well, say like Carlo, they're pumping out people and then we see like a cluster of games companies start around Carlo. You can kind of put two and two together. You know, there's a lot of students coming through Carlo and then a lot of games companies set up around Carlo because they're living in Carlo after going to college there. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff. That's why I do the twice a year thing. Okay. Um, because if you do annual, you miss that. Yeah. Do you take into account like um, any like the developers you talk to like wh- like did they go to the college courses here like the ones working in studios already or where uh, or not really I'm tr- uh, another project I'm working on is doing an expat survey um, which is basically trying to find people who are Irish that have emigrated and have scattered into the winds but might be interested in coming back yeah um. So there's those kind of things. And when you're doing research like this, people, you can't go into too much detail, but I might do kind of like a, an individual, like the, the the games industry report was like kind of on the companies. Yeah. But if there's enough demand out there for people, I might do something which is based around the skills, you know, so I can try and say, okay, well, here are all the different skills, try and get like 10 or 15 interviews with people doing those different jobs and then kind of collate that information into one to have kind of like job profiles. Yeah. Um, but, you know, asking specific details about where, you know, it's very, very, very hard to do. Uh, and unless people want to genuinely give that information or know that information, um, you know, there's no point asking the question that you're not going to get an answer to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just an idea. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, that's really, like, I can do whatever you want. So, I mean, if people want to leave comments on this, I'll read them. Yeah. And, um, you know, if there's an area of the games industry that you feel uh, should have some research done on it, you know, now's the stage where I'm taking ideas. Um, and if I can see, right, well, I can get enough data to, to you know, make a little kind of tangent about that, um, I'm more than happy to. Uh, it just might not necessarily be straight away. <laughs> oh, very cool very cool um, nothing else you want to plug now or uh, if I get into the plugging stage um, <laughs> yes gpato.eu Dragonica play it on a Super Nintendo pad like I do it rocks um, we've got Age of Wulin which is uh, coming out fairly soon we've just finished localization on it there so again, if you are uh, on game developers today and not someone international who's listening to this, just trying to scam a beta key, uh, send me a PM just saying uh, who you are and where you're from. And uh, I, I think I could probably swing uh, 40 beta keys. So I was thinking maybe 10 batches of four yeah. uh, for listeners to this podcast. So 
um, either they can contact me or if they want to leave a, a comment on your Twitter or on your um, thing, then basically, what? Between now, I don't have the date for CBT, but basically once I have the CBT date, then whoever's in the pot, I'll pick it 10 people and those 10 people will get four beta keys, so one for themselves and then three for their mates. Okay, first come, first served as well. Uh, if you want to do first come, first served, you can. Okay. So it's it's up to you. So um, it probably would be easier. Yeah. yeah. So cool. <laughs> um, that's all. Yeah. That's great. Well, look. Okay. Thanks a lot for having me on. No problem. Um, thanks for talking. And, and lightning yeah, stuff as well. Chat with you. Um, I'm sure I'm probably chatting to you later in the year now as well, just as uh, as you're going through like the survey and even like more news or changes happening in the industry here. So. Yeah, well, make sure you get onto Phil and Gamesplot because if you do a podcast from there, yeah, um, there'll be some fairly interesting stories if you can get in because you'll have I think Robocodes, you'll have the, the the Dev Challenge, and then there'll be the Games Industry Awards, and there will also be uh, all the conferences, yeah, uh, that go on over the couple of days. So, you know, as a suggestion to you, if you're not speaking to Phil already, uh, he socks up on the forum by the way. Yeah, um, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to have you down there as well. And uh, I'll keep listening. You know, let's just keep keep spreading the word about all these fantastic stories that are going on around the country. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to try and focus on making sure that it's that somebody's reporting it. Um, you know, and shoving it in front of the faces of everybody who needs to see this information. <laughs> just get it out there. Get it out there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, thanks cool. again. Um. I've been John Jeffrey, and you've been. Jamie, Jamie yeah. <laughs> um, gotcha. <laughs> what's your was your Twitter tag again? Is it Dublin Jammers? Is it? Dublin Jammers. Jammers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or um, Jamie MC on the forums. Okay, cool. Um, thanks again, okay. and thanks for everyone listening. I think we hit like about an hour and a half or thereabouts on this podcast. Probably the longest one so far, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> so thanks. And- <laughs>